0: Bye. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to Last Minute Politics. My name is Pepper Coyote, and I have a guest with me today, a very special guest. They are Lorcan from North Ireland, and they are here to talk about... the Well, they're here to provide both a direct perspective of someone who is living more directly under uh, under imperialism. The old imperialism. Britain, good old-fashioned, revolutionary war, <laughs> uh, participant number two, England. It, we are also approaching... It is, it is what uh, the Christians among our listeners would refer to as Holy Week and Good Friday is coming up. And hey, that might be a spoiler for what we can t- Ireland, there's an agreement and Good Friday, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Lorcan, say hello. 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 Thank you for having me on. I hope uh, I don't scare anybody off
1: in this episode, but I really appreciate you having me on to talk about some of these more interesting topics, perhaps.
0: Hey it's extremely idiots. valuable to have have it not always just be Americans talking about a thing. We're always talking about global issues and foreign policy and international relations, so having some international participation is always good. And Canadians, they count. Can- Canada is another country, but our issues are extremely similar. <laughs> so it's good to talk to somebody who actually has a a, a a a a more materially different country than ours. Are Canadians referred to just as polite Americans though? that's the thing they call themselves polite but try to move there with a kid with down syndrome and they will kick your ass right back out or have an (laughs) accent have an accent like my own have have certain accents alright I want to open with one stupid bit so you're familiar with pornography right (laughs) just like as a a concept is that a rhetorical question (laughs) it it is (laughs) I have down look this is in my notes the part of the notes I don't send you my, my opening nonsense bit so We'll be looking at, uh, if listeners, almost every one of you is going to be involved with the furry fandom, or you probably have not heard of this podcast, or me at all, but if you're not, most of our pornography comes in the form of still-drawn images, artwork, and you'll be looking at a piece of uh, erotic artwork, and occasionally, uh, not occasionally, almost always, to the left of that artwork, there will be tags, so if you like a certain aspect of the artwork, you can use those tags to go find similar pieces of, of art to gaze upon and you know the concept death of the author where you're supposed to take a the the idea of taking a work as as if it was just like dropped from the heavens and has no author and you don't consider like who wrote it or what they were dealing with at the time or that person's opinions or what they want to do with the work you just look at it as a pure piece of text I think that tags Uh, Disturb They disrupt Death of the author Because you'll be sitting there And you're looking at a thing you're like This is pretty nice And then you look to the side And and it'll have a tag like Siblings And you're like Oh what the (laughs) fuck I did not sign up for this (laughs) You're you're telling me (laughs) The tags They ruin death Allow me to suspend my disbelief And think these are just Two similar looking uh creature (laughs) anthropomorphic entities (laughs) and they call all the irish and breeds i know (laughs) that's i do think it's kind of funny of the concept in like in furry art everyone's characters look so so different that if you have two characters that look the same like even if they're like well these are two uh, like dog people who are the same imaginary like dog there's two german shepherd people who (laughs) who all both happen to look and then we're, I'm more suspicious when two characters look like they're oh these could these are similar looking characters because that's usually what the tag is and I'm like well logically if we had a world where you're in like I don't know Zootopia like is every single red fox gonna look completely like oh I'm green I'm blue I have a rainbow on my I have a star on my knee <laughs> <It> depends on <laughs> what pretty radio.
1: <laughs> maybe there's radioactive waste I don't know <laughs> nuclear nuclear power plants exploding fucking. I don't know, <laughs> fucking chemicals in the water.
0: Take your pick, really. It's not, it's not implausible. So you now have the choice to, you can read the tags first and be like, ah ha you can't <laughs> fucking trick me. Or don't read the tags at all. <laughs> and just, that's the true death of the author uh, stance on this. You, you enjoy the image and you never uh, ruin the magic by <laughs> finding out what the intent of the original producer was. <laughs> so setting the tone let's talk about some other hilarious topics i have one which is uh the president the former president don donnie trump has been indicted i don't know if you've heard of this but yes the- um
1: it, it sounds familiar um the bbc have been <laughs> going on about it quite a bit uh we do have that over here because we are part of the uk quote unquote um <laughs> and um, how many times do you hear about because over here you hear about him getting arrested about it once a week I'd say more than once, um, what you have to understand is the new the news over here isn't that I mean, the thing is a lot of Americans think the news over here is a lot different from u s news, but it really isn't. The only difference is we're a little more polite and we have less flashing images, which I don't know if that's anything to do with the average attention span of the average American or if it's because we just don't like that shit, probably because the interview like you know
0: <laughs> the interview questions seem far less polite, and I occasionally it's not, it's it, for you that's got to be what the baseline is but all the american interviewer questions are just it's like they don't ask them anything and then i'll hear a bbc person be like ask a follow-up and i'm like oh my god this is the hardest hitting journalism i've experienced today we, we do like to interrogate people
1: I, I have noticed our journalists especially but that also means that they're insufferable beyond comprehension especially when it comes <laughs> to certain topics i mean i think a good illustration even when jeremy Corbyn was running for pm like in 2019, he got he got asked more questions by every interviewer. I think twice as many statistically than Boris Johnson was getting asked, and which unfortunately indicated a clear degree of bias. So yes, whilst it's better that we answer, we ask, we actually ask questions, whereas the US media just kind of pussyfoots around the issue. I would say.
0: We We ask non-questions, and then the candidate they're trying to de-emphasize gets none of those non-questions, so they don't get response time, so it's weirdly, like, inverted, where they'll just ignore them on a debate stage if they don't care, if they're not one of the emphasized candidates. Yeah, no,
1: no, exactly, and, you know, that's, that, that was kind of the story with Corbyn, he was, he was kind of targeted politically by the media, in a way, which kind of reduced his how well the how well the labor party was basically going to do in the elections and then again where again it just shows you that the capitalist media will always be biased regardless of how we report things but on the basis of trump i suppose in terms of that i mean what has been I've, the only thing i've generally heard is it's, it's something to do with covering up hush money
0: yeah, we have yet another, it just seems like freaking Groundhog Day over here was the same thing over and over. I've been hearing about how Trump is two days away from going to jail since before he started running. Yeah. Since 2015, I've been hearing, oh, he did all these crimes, he did this, he was like... And actual crimes beforehand, things that I definitely think, yeah, there should be some freaking repercussions for, like he wouldn't let, uh, he was keeping black people from being able to live in the apartment buildings he owned in New York. He has various credible rape allegations that apparently we're just never going to look into, and... The, the case is sealed, so we don't, you, no one can say emphatically, oh, this is exactly what the charges are this time around, but we are pretty sure it is, as you said, it's not even that he paid hush money, it's that he paid it improperly and didn't put it on the books correctly, as opposed to, I think it was, it was John Edwards, uh, a, a Democrat ex- presidential candidate he didn't he didn't win obviously but he was found he was paying hush money not out of his own pocket but out of his campaign money meaning money that you know citizens had donated to his campaign he used Mm -hmm. that to pay hush money because he had a whole secret second family (laughs) right sounds like an exaggeration that's what happened yeah but trump (laughs) go ahead sorry Trump paid out of his own pocket. There's a lady named Stormy Daniels who was who was an adult film actress, and they had consensual sex. She talks about it. I was like, yeah, that was like I was up for it. <laughs> it was not a, a sexual assault situation, but he paid her hush money to not talk about it. Obviously, that didn't work. She's we we all know about it now. He paid it out of his pocket and like didn't put it in the books properly. And so yes, it's like a campaign finance thing. We think nothing. It's sealed. Nothing is sure, but that's what people keep talking about.
1: And why, I suppose, why has it been made such, well, I suppose to me, I guess if I had to add, it kind of comes at an interesting time for such controversy, quote unquote, especially when, especially when Biden is not only visiting Ireland, but also the fact that his approval rating is still extremely <laughs> unpopular. <laughs> as, as, if, if I can Lower recall. than Trump's. It's it's still, yeah, I mean, the out of an average of about 90% of polls... I recall 42.6% approval rating, which is pretty pitiful, but, uh, but in some yeah, cases I've seen, <laughs> I've seen lower.
0: I've seen 30. like, oh, it's like 34% approval rating. <laughs> and, and, it,
1: and, and it kind of comes, it kind of, to me, it kind of comes across as a foreigner. It kind of comes across as Trump still being, I guess, a symbolic representation of everything wrong with American politics, rather than actually focusing on the political system of the u.s they focus on one individual you know they're not again you're going back again to this fixation especially you know when i mean election season's coming up soon if am i correct in saying or
0: oh i'm trying to remember because our stuff just lasts so so long really does it's It's exhausting (laughs) yeah 2024 is when the election happens meaning campaign like campaigns and announcements are coming about like, through this summer, now, like, tomorrow, somebody could be like, I'm running for president." Like, Marianne Williamson is a Democrat who's like, I'm going to maybe primary Joe Biden. Who knows? All my policies are exactly the same as his, but I want to try and... run. And yeah. that's not being taken very seriously, even by people who liked her in the last election. To give my, like, brief dumb guy analysis, like, an attempt at a, like, a Marxist, letter look at what's going on. Like, why is Trump... Uh, uh, it's, the American ruling class seems to have a divide in it right now, where on one side you have the old school, just, like, industrial capital, like, your real estate, like, Trump people. You have, like, we need to do the, like, as we've been doing back in the 80s, 70s, 60s, and then you have the, like, soft power, more technocrat-ish, uh, I, I don't even like using the word technocrat, because technocrat implies that, like, science and logic are applied to <laughs> to help with the rules. Yeah, But you've... You have like your your Facebook type rich people, your your tech money, and uh, maybe more. Fi- I can't even say it's more finance capital because Trump is involved with banks too. His whole like, Deutsche Bank <laughs> finance like half of his shit. So don't take this as me saying, "Oh, Trump is the good ruling class; that everyone else is the bad ruling class." I think the big fight against Trump is that that other segment of the rulers, the the more tech uh, area oriented ones. He will occasionally say something that is true because he's an idiot and doesn't know. Like He, he knows kind of how the game works, but just because he like exists within it, he, he'll he say shit that you're definitely not... There's a famous clip of when they're getting people out of Syria, he's on there, and they're like, don't worry, we, we have left troops in Syria for the oil, we have left them only for the oil like verbatim he says we have left them only for the oil <laughs> and yeah. you know everybody in the back is like dude you're not supposed to just say that and what are we doing we're still occupying a third of syria the third that happens to have all the oil and food <laughs> like a, that's going yeah, on to this day. None. it seems and the other segment of the ruling class seems extremely scared of him running again because they know if he if he runs again he's gonna win and I'm over here saying, if you keep trying this hard to make it so he can't run, it just shores up and solidifies his support and makes all the l- the bullshit he's been saying about like I'm an outsider, I'm this poor guy getting beat on by the ruling elites. It's kind of it a, makes that a, seem true. Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> it's kind of a Streisand on effect almost, um, in a way, which which is kind of funny because I I do think that's quite a fair representation of the divisions within the United States, um, in particular where where you have two ends within the same class which which is i mean it's not a, it, it, i couldn't think of anything of, of a better um representation of the actual political reality of the us or the even the voting reality for that matter than this kind of frenzy whereas on one end you have liberals who believe that trump is everything wrong with america and then you have a lot of the right other liberals <laughs> well yeah let's call them the other liberals sure The other liberals where they're like, oh, Trump's the best thing that's ever happened to the U.S., you know, there's no... And I feel like a lot of the left in the U.S. falls into this kind of trap of going to one end of the liberal spectrum and saying, right, well, we're just going to go against Trump in its entirety because he is a representation of everything wrong with the U.S. without actually taking a more materialistic approach.
0: To the problem You get pure reaction Just pure Trump is bad Everything Like people will say Trump derangement syndrome In the US And people who say that Are Trump supporters So, But I fucking witnessed Like I don't know How better to describe it Than saying Trump derangement system Where people will take A fucking apples To apples comparison People do not care About kids in cages anymore I bring it up all the time And people will be like Shut up Like they treat me like I'm somehow being rude For
1: bringing it up yeah, but then when Trump's elected, they bring it up like it's a big fucking deal, and which just shows you that a lot of the putants, I mean, it's kind of funny that people like AOC have said really nothing about it, or even Sanders for that matter, without, I mean, they yeah, they focused a lot on Ukraine. I mean, in fact, Bernie Sanders was over in.
0: Um, he has nothing to say. They asked him about Ukraine. He said, I'm not really, that's not really a thing I've been looking into. Yeah but uh, yeah but, uh, but it's kind of, but it's yeah but it's kind of funny he, he was over in the UK
1: recently and he, he, he did say that he was supporting what the president was doing which get, Yeah which I think gave we're talking about the same indication. interview. Is it the same interview? Like
0: I support the president, I don't really know. Like he's just very like no no real answer just you know, I whatever Biden says, just yeah. You know. Well,
1: I, but 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 it, it's it's funny because that's the same thing and then the you, you know again, it it's all part of that same political division. But ultimately, when it comes to war, the U.S. ruling class is all united about it all of a sudden. So that's the only thing that kind of keeps them together, whereas everything else just kind of becomes this big orgy of stupidity and metaphysics. Where, you know, don't talk about the economy or don't talk about, oh, the deprivation within U.S. cities or in rural towns. Nothing about that. No, let's just talk about Trump's inability to fill out
0: forms, which is what I believe they have nothing to offer. There's nothing that the uh, our current rulers can offer us because you're talking about actual things that affect people's lives like literacy rates, life expectancy, healthcare, food, travel, education. They they know they have nothing to offer on any of that. So what are yeah. they going to do? Get on TV and say, "All right, and for healthcare, uh, you all can go fuck yourselves. Good luck. Learn how to be a doctor. Here's a book on first aid." Like they can't do that. So they have to get on TV and talk about, "Oh, we're going to arrest the bad president, and as soon as he's arrested." Somehow everything will be better. <laughs> I want to read from NPR. I choose. I, if you've listened to the show before, I don't choose my sources based on who I think is like the best, most accurate. I try to choose ones that are sort of middle of the road, so uh, I, so you can see what like what the what everyone else is hearing and how it's being presented to them, and then I use it to talk uh, uh on my own agenda because mm. I have an agenda because I am a living human being. <laughs> What happens after Trump's indictment? Here are some of the logistical considerations. The news of former President Donald Trump's historic indictment has elicited strong reactions and raised plenty of questions. Key among them, what happens now? A New York grand jury jury, has voted to indict Trump for his alleged role in covering up hush money paid to adult film actress Stormy Daniels during his 2016 presidential election campaign. However, the indictment remains under seal, meaning the charges and evidence against him are not yet known. Okay, so we do at least kind of know what the charge is, I guess. It's it's just weird how they're like, he's in trouble for this, but it's sealed, so we're not allowed to know what he's in trouble for. WNYC for WNYC reporter Ilya Meritz, who covers Trump's legal affairs, told Morning Edition that a grand jury process is, quote, secret by design. Until we read that indictment, we don't know the specific charges Trump will have to defend himself against. He added, and that's a good reason to tread, to treat headlines and hot takes with a little bit of skepticism. Still, the fuck uses hot takes in an article. It's that's <laughs> just like a normal, like that's just like American parlance now. Everybody says it like. Uh, fucking, <laughs> No, the if you, will you say if you t- <laughs> if you use that in a newspaper here, you'd get sacked. I can't say hot takes okay so this is a quote at least but it's a quote from another journalist (laughs) it's a quote from a reporter so yeah glad to hear it (laughs) still we do know that the 23 person grand jury heard evidence in the case including testimony from Daniels and Trump's former personal attorney Michael Cohen. (laughs) Michael Cohen, who got arrested for lying, <laughs> at least 12 members, a majority, decided there was enough of, there was enough reasonable cause to believe that Trump committed a crime. I want to talk less about the specifics of the case because I mean I don't I don't see a whole lot of value in analyzing what's going to happen with the thing because whatever happens happens. We know that our judicial system is is bullshit. <laughs> That's actually my first point. The a grand jury. I don't know if they're what the equivalent would be in the UK, but grand juries, leftists in the United States, that's where I'm pulling this from. I'm not just like pulling it out of my ass. People will call me, oh, Pepper's a right-wing conspiracy. Theorist. The way wh- where did I learn this information from? From leftists in the US. Grand juries are tools for prosecutors in the United States to do kind of whatever they want. They have their whole special set of rules. And almost always. It's bullshit. Like, they're designed to get the whatever the prosecutor wants. There are so many special rules. Like, you can't, like, you can't cross-examine witnesses. You can't, like, it's, like, it's not even really a trial in this. Like, you have to imagine a totally different set of trial. Like, it's rugby league versus rugby union. They're kind of different games, even though the basic goal is the same. Yeah. so you know have you heard of grand
1: juries (laughs) it it rains a bell in the uk it's kind of different our whole our whole justice system is entirely different and it's even more different depending on where you go but i have heard the i've heard i have heard the name but i I don't see it because the u.s um, justice system is so different i can't i don't really want to comment on how that would be laid out because i don't have a clue to put it bluntly um about u.s law that much but from how you describe it. If it's in favor of the prosecution, would that in turn mean that they have a lot of say over who partakes
0: in a grand jury or what? (laughs) It almost kind of feels like, and this is a little conspiratorial in how I'm phrasing it, but it's almost kind of like the prosecutor or whoever, really the prosecutor's boss, they just go, you know what? This guy, we're getting him. We got to figure out how. And then they're like, all right, we got this. Now let us personally. So like the grand jury, they get to build their whole big plan of attack and they have control over every step of it and only somebody with the resources of somebody like a Donald Trump can have any kind of chance usually they use it to take down people that they'll call like domestic terrorists if we're back in McCarthyism and they want to convict you as a communist for some bullshit they'll call a grand jury like Black Panther convictions over like oh you're a terrorist and you killed all these police officers and it's like well where's your evidence it's like yeah, shut up. It's a grand jury trial. In uh, oh, we'll Northern happened. Ireland, we didn't do that. We just threw them in jail.
1: It's <laughs> 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 different. We had, we had we had something called internment in the 1970s, which basically meant that mm. if the police um, suspected you of being a member of the IRA or any paramilitary organization, it's without any evidence, mind you, this could have been anywhere. <laughs> if, they you, if they fought for a second that you were part of the paramilitaries, they could have just arrested you, and that was it nothing else Ooh. in jail you go mate <laughs> we'll we'll call you whenever whenever we uh need you basically that was it and that's why prisons in northern ireland in the 70s and 80s were kind of let's just say overcrowded <laughs> it's just like a hangout for, it kind of like, was all yeah these like... you know you see your you see your fucking neighbor down the street in the same block in prison one day <laughs> so you're just like oh why would you get arrested uh i was walking my dog <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like that, but that's that's how comical it kind of was. So at least you you know you you tried to give the impression that you had a functioning justice system. We just didn't. The British didn't give a shit. They just threw free into jail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you're rich enough in the U.S., you get to at least do the show of it. And in the 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 other reason that you would get the show of that for for like Black Panther, like for for leftist, basically for revolutionaries, for political prisoners, is so you can so the U.S. can hold you up. The so the U.S. ruling class can hold up its own. Bourgeois justice system and go look Look at what our justice system did We don't just throw people in jail We give them a fake trial and sit them in solitary confinement For multiple years and then they go to the trial You know (laughs) So the only the points I have to make About this are not that I think Oh this is an unjust arrest of A poor poor man who (laughs) who Deserves justice, I don't give a fuck about Donald Trump Why is he the only I hope this then Leads to the indictment of Obama Clinton, George W, uh, Carter. Is Carter still alive and he just died recently? Everybody, every single president we have had since World War II and arguably before have committed war crimes. Obama was partially responsible for the death of, what, a million Iraqis? Yeah. Why is there nothing happening to him? How can they only get Trump on some bullshit? I mean, they they gave him him a Nobel Prize, sure. They gave him the Peace Prize. Did they give him another one? Because they gave him that, like, as he was elected. (laughs) That's kind of funny. They said, like, with hope for the future. Here's this Nobel Peace Prize. Why are they not getting Trump on the bullshit that he did in Syria? He, he kept that going. He didn't start any new wars, but he, like, kept all of our current wars going. You can get him on actual crimes. The kids in cages. Why are we not indicting him for that? The reason this indictment is some bullshit and it's going to go away is because if they get him for any of his actual shit, all the Democrats are going down, all the Republicans are going down. And actually, since this pre- precedent has been set you know that the Trump admin put in a ton of judges. I would not be shocked if some random uh, district attorney in like Indiana goes, you know what? Hillary Clinton, you're indicted. <laughs> like we're, yeah. Fuck it, if you're doing it to us, we're doing it to everybody. <laughs> and that would actually be cool. I would like that. All of our politicians should go on trial and they should all go to jail. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I
1: completely agree. Um, And I think, I think this whole thing is from a foreigner's perspective. Again, it's kind of a perfect representation of, the true nature of u.s politics and that it is purely performance a performance art if you will um and yes. that in that nothing really changes it's all generally symbolic which again kind of echoes the political system of my own country the only difference is we're a bit more i suppose direct if anything else but generally that that's all we this... don't wear wigs yeah you, your, you don't your wear, judges wigs. wear wigs it's funny. yeah yeah that's that's yeah that's one difference there you go they look stupid though the only um, only <laughs> nothing else different <laughs> yeah apparently but um no there, nothing is nothing really changes in that sense and in other words these kind of articles or even these kind of let's call them controversies if you will they exist only to divide people further along certain lines within the culture war rather than to actually unite them on the
0: basis of who is fucking them over I don't think that Trump is a working class leader, but something no, about no. him has excited a huge chunk. And I'm not going to say that I necessarily believe this, but I think it has some kind of saliency to at least think about if we're talking about an- uh, analyzing the material conditions and like, where are we in the struggle? What segment of the United States population uh, has demonstrated itself to be the most ready for for any kind of change in the government that isn't like a slight, oh, we've changed the rules slightly, so it's a little less unfair. Like, who is in favor of actual upheaval <laughs> within it, the American- I believe,
1: from my own perspective and from what I've seen
0: and from who I've spoken to,
1: I think it's more of the rural population than the urban population, especially depending on where you go. And um, who do they like? It happens they like trump but the reason why they fucking and this like is, and this trump is the, this is the thing that a lot of people don't understand the right to use populist rhetoric generally speaking to remove people from the potential for adopting left-wing ideals it's not that a lot of liberals claim that it's because the reason why the rural population likes trump is because of some inherent tendency to be right-wing which <laughs> isn't it's, well, one it's not scientific. It's completely illogical yeah. to conclude that on it's the basis of nothing. And secondly, it's just it's just it's idiotic. It it doesn't it doesn't look at why people adopt those opinions to begin with, and the reason why is simply because one, Trump's a pretty good speaker, despite the fact he talks complete shit to anyone who knows what he's on about, and two, he uses populist rhetoric. If you look at Eastern Europe, for example, it's the same kind of story after the collapse of the Soviet Union a lot of parties in well most of the parties that took over after that were all right-wing populists and the reason why was because the initial liberal parties that took over were not very popular in fact they were extremely unpopular and that was simply because of the fact that they were that those parties did not adopt more populist stances towards certain issues even Russia for example i would argue which you know initially had a very unpopular government had developed a more popular government because it implemented a lot of policies that the former Soviet Union had with regards to certain domestic issues. And and symbolism, of course. You know, but...
0: I've been told that the leader of Russia is a psychopath dictator who rules with an iron fist and his people are trying to get out from under his terrible rule not that he's extremely popular because he has implemented such policies as nationalizing the gas industry and shoring up basic resources and quality of life for russians
1: yeah yeah as it turns out you know and but and, and that's a funny thing and he, but he, but even but even the so-called leftists within the states who when you say these things to them they immediately accuse you of being biased towards those right-wing beliefs without actually analyzing yeah. the material conditions of each country even even let's take serbia for example even in serbia You know, I would argue that a lot of the policies of the former Yugoslavia are still very popular and the right-wing populist government had no choice but to implement those policies because if people, (laughs) because if they kept the, the liberal course that they were on after the collapse of Yugoslavia, it would have been a fucking disaster, to put it bluntly, for the political climate of the ruling class. So in other words, they had to make concessions. But that's how populism can kind of be used by the right to kind of maintain the status quo. Because yes... They still maintain the same anti-communist rhetoric, They still, especially in Poland, for example. They still maintain the backwater economic policies of the neoliberal capitalism, and they still sell off assets to Western companies, again, especially Poland. Um, but, but the ultimate, I suppose, lesson of Eastern Europe and any other nation, for that matter, is that, in the case of Trump even, that's why they get popular, because they use that same rhetoric. And I think the left needs to... I think a lot of the left needs to recognize that we, we we need more of an ability to take over the rhetoric and recognize that yes, it's how we use it that matters, not necessarily who.
0: The things that make Trump popular that actually have some kind of saliency and can like be, like you're talking about, taken over. It's not that we should... Cause... Trump when he gets on stage and says we need to drain the swamp and defeat the globalists and bring industry back to America it's like oh fuck this sounds like a socialist talking but he doesn't mean any of it he is a performer he is a con man and we all know this he represents the interest of the owning class because he is a member of the owning class his rhetoric no one else supplies anything even close what is the left going to do we already did our last one I say we it's not we anymore they already did their shit with Bernie Bernie Sanders, a guy that I like went door to door, put my labor, energy and money into to try and get elected because he had a little bit of populist rhetoric. And they have nothing to offer. He's just back in the system like everybody else. Your AOCs, she can't come out and say, "Oh, we're going to get you all of these things that are, you know, popular <laughs> because they are good and would improve people's lives." She's out there doing military recruitment rallies at high schools, a thing that she specifically campaigned against before she was elected. You just get recapitulated uh, right back. Yeah, into but the yeah, system. But, the, but yeah, but the but the people you're campaigning for are the right skin pigments, so it's okay. look she's a very light-skinned Latina that's why she's acceptable to every aspect of the American (laughs) of the American media machine I should say it appears so um, unfortunately so they have nothing to offer. The Democrats cannot get up there and say, we're going to give you health care. They won't even get up and lie about it. Trump will get up and tell the lies, the, the populist lies that get people riled up. And if anything, it demonstrates just how effective that kind of rhetoric is. And if any like viable, economically left thing, I don't want to say leader, because I don't like believe in like, great man, blah, blah, whatever. But like if that kind of movement showed up, how, like the MAGA movement already shows how receptive the general public is to that, and that's not even the general public, that's still just people who vote the biggest demographic of working class people in America are people who just don't vote at all, because they voted in the past gone, wow, I voted for this for this uh, for the red version of liberal, and my life got worse then I voted for the blue version of liberal and my life got worse, then I went back to red, got worse worse, worse. like your life just continues to degrade, your standard of living gets worse and worse you're watching jobs just Disappear. <laughs> You're watching, like, oh, the factory our town used to have that, like, kept it going. That got sent to X country because I hate that the capital G word is. Be- it's just what like regular people call imperialists, <laughs> the globalists. <laughs> like yeah. go- NAFTA and globalism has actually reduced, like, reduced America. <laughs> it's holding us back at this point. <laughs> So I want to get to uh, to your particular segment because, jeez, I've already been talking for like 30 minutes. We've got 20 left. Uh, and I want to start it with uh, a very American question. And hopefully this does not – it will offend you because it's an offensive thing. but, but uh, I mean, Am- Americans are inherently offensive, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, in the U.S., most people that I talk to are not even aware – that there was any kind of Irish-English war or revolution or resistance. When they hear the IRA, they're like, oh, IRA is like my investment account for my retirement. <laughs> That's what I think of. So why do we have a drink called the Irish Car Bomb?
1: <laughs> well, um, there's a few... There, there, Well, I'll kind of go into this in detail and kind of link it back to the previous discussion. Um, but it kind of relates to an important, I suppose... 25 year anniversary of a particular event that occurred in the north known as the belfast agreement also known as the good friday agreement and it's kind of it's kind of interesting because you people decided to give us hillary and bill clinton again to come over to our local universities and talk a bunch of shite you people yes send you, tony blair over here well yeah, well look, look 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 i'm not uh, english so tony blair's england's problem you want to blame someone blame england not me Um, (laughs) Some as one of the pretenders. Oh, fuck, they're Scottish. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But basically, Northern Ireland, historically, from 1969 until about about the year of my birth, 1998, 1999, uh, was politically dominated by nationalistic tensions for much of its history and this period of political instability and direct conflict with the British state and the, um, well, local security forces, when it's known as the Troubles, Um, basically it was a war zone Um, it was a very costly effort for the nation and it left many families in ruin as a direct consequence of a combination of adventurism by certain political groups as well as british involvement in the conflict itself and this has perpetuated a national trauma that kind of has existed to this very day Um, keep in mind this was also during the era where margaret thatcher was prime minister and you can probably tell how well that went um, you because know, when you have a bitch like Margaret Thatcher running the UK and then Maggie's you have
0: in our box. <laughs> in <a> box.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um sh- it's a very popular song over here too, apart from Northumbria, of course. No, I only April the tenth, nineteen ninety eight, so it wasn't well, it was Good Friday for that year, so let's just go with it. Um a few months prior to my birth, in other words, um, it was agreed to it was it was an agreement that was agreed to by many unionists and uh, political parties in the North, except the Democratic Unionist Party, which is one of the One of the main ones I would say within the North um, and it was supported highly by the EU and the US. And unionist means like United Kingdom. Yes. um, uh, Kind of to clarify on that, essentially the political divisions in the North exists between what we consider nationalists. So individuals who would prefer a United Irish state or a unionist, which is somebody who believes that the North of Ireland should remain as part of the UK. That was kind of the basis of political instability to start off with. It had nothing to do with religion, but we'll get on to that. But the idea of the Good Friday Agreement was essentially to mark an end to the political instability. And it was to usher in a new, kind of a new era of um, prosperity to the population via the encouragement of paramilitary disarmament. And a a quote-unquote recognition of the legitimacy of the will of the majority of the people in Northern Ireland and Ireland as a whole. On the basis of quote-unquote self-determination. And We've heard that a lot in the media with regards to a certain conflict as of late, but you know, I'm gonna it's try very to- different.
0: <laughs> Shut up, don't bring it up, don't compare. Yeah, that's right. I'll <laughs> History try not to. started
1: last year, we're yeah. not allowed to
0: know anything else.
1: <laughs> Basically, yes, the agreement, however, was opposed by a, a large minority of socialist Republicans and some unionists, as I've said, who took up what's called an anti-agreement position, and this and this. This kind of tendency exists to the present, and this is known as what we call the dissident movement if you ever look at the media. Over here, that's what they often refer to it as. Kind of a bit of a derogatory term, but sure. Basically, 70% of those who voted for the agreement believe that it would end the political instability and violence of the Troubles declaration and the declaration of, the su- of support for the agreement stated that i quote and this is from the actual parliamentarian document i'm not going to read the whole fucking document because if i do that nobody's ever going to listen to this shit ever again <laughs> so i'll just read one little extract basically um it, it stated quote The tragedies of the past have left a deep and profoundly regrettable legacy of suffering. We must never forget those who have died or been injured and their families, but we can best honour them through a fresh start in which we firmly dedicate ourselves to the achievement of reconciliation, tolerance, and mutual trust, and to the protection and vindication of the human rights of all. But the truth is, has the nation really experienced a fresh start as such? You know, what of these human rights for the North? Well... I'm kind of going to break it down a bit more into kind of three aspects. So I'll talk about kind of the economic situation of here. I'll talk about the political situation. And I'll also talk about the issue of policing here, which is kind of a big one. So if you think the police in the U.S. are bad, wait till you hear ours. Um, they're an interesting bunch. So give me... A I second. do want to
0: make the, 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 the douchey point that... Uh, you're saying that that agreement that was was, uh that was voted for that that one i guess referendum for like whatever that that the way it was marketed was that it would create peace right yes in other words now i it's important to note
1: that the trouble the troubles near the end of its cycle like the worst decade of the troubles was the 1970s that's when most people would have died the majority of casualties would have been civilians in the troubles which were mostly committed by the british army statistically um and you can look that up of course um but you know near the end of the troubles the conflict was already dying down because of a combination of internal divisions within the paramilitaries as well as a disillusionment of the people with the conflict because it lasted for 30 years you know people were very tired and exhausted and the and the entire country was basically in ruins i mean my family grew up in belfast during the 1970s which again was the worst decade for it and you know yeah. you would have been subjected to daily searches bomb scares um shootings it was kind of
0: you know people don't seem to realize how big it was but 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 the yeah, because the... it's white people we don't think about white people as killing each other like in europe oh my god like, especially as late as, as the freaking 90s like yeah. it seems like oh yes back when they had like pikes and shields they were out fighting it's like nah. <laughs> this is recent recent history yeah and
1: that's that's kind of the thing but yes the good Friday agreement was very much marketed to people at the time as a solution to all of these problems and that is why about 70 percent of people voted for it because they thought that it would have solved a lot of these problems but i'm kind of going to explain why that wasn't the case and kind of how a lot of the internal divisions here were kind of
0: they kind of mirror a lot of the ones within the U.S. So, um, to my get, parallel was that President Zelensky of Ukraine was was elected in on a platform of making peace with Russia. It's
1: just well, <laughs> yes, yes, that so is a kind of a similar parallel. I do agree, but again, they're not it, that similar. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> but essentially, essentially, I mean, it's been twenty-five years since it's signing next week. And the nation essentially continues to struggle um the OCC's global OCC global which is an investment firm within the north they're they're headquartered in Belfast essentially and it's basically its own OCC or well its own CEO rather Mark O'Connell the fellow's name is who's who's the head of that foreign investment organization he stated that not everyone has clearly felt the benefits of the GFA with too many communities still living within what we call deprivation so again poverty essentially and it's kind of funny that even a capitalist organization has to admit this the majority of communities are referred to um the majority of communities that he actually refers to make up the majority of the states so rural communities what you have to understand is the north especially is a very rural area there's only two major cities you've got Derry and uh, belfast which are only the two major i would say urban areas but even then they're quite rural once you go onto the outskirts everywhere else you go is just hills upon hills upon hills so it's kind of stereotypical um rainbows leprechauns well maybe 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 not leprechauns the rainbows <laughs> occasional it was basically it was adduced also by this report that around 66 of all homes within the country are on state benefits of some form or another despite the country actually bringing in around the equivalent in dollars would be about 52.8 billion dollars in gdp in 2020 i believe um adding to this adding on to this figure around 100,000 children are actually officially in poverty on top of that this is according to the government officials of course from what they've reported since covid so you know is it? How can they say, in other words, that that's been a fresh economic start when people are continuing to be in poverty, continuing to experience deprivation? And this, I keep in mind, I live in these communities. You know, they they refer to my they refer to my estate as a crime ridden shithole within my own town. Which kind of, which oh. kind of, which kind of, you know, echoes how deprived where I live kind of is. Um, you know, in my local in my own local community. And you don't see this if you go to a lot of the city centres within Belfast or even Derry. A lot of the tourists, a lot of the Yankee tourists especially, they don't get to see this side of the country, of course. Um, You know, so in other words, this whole fresh economic start, yes, it's been a fresh economic start for organisations such as city groups, such as um you know you know such as um it's another u.s banking firm they're all u.s banking firms to be honest they're everywhere the, the u.s <laughs> love this place they're like a lot of I, a lot of it firms are up here ibm is one actually they're another one um a lot of these companies saw the end of the troubles as a big opportunity to go in buy up areas that were destroyed and essentially use them to bolster their own growth if you will which is why the gdp for the country is so high
0: despite the amount of poverty. Americans would hear, would remember uh, how a while ago, Apple, like the phone and computer manufacturer paid yeah. uh, zero tax because they said they were like, oh no, we're headquartered in Ireland. And it's like, motherfucker, you make all of your money outside of Ireland. Same with
1: Google. And Google's <laughs> a big one as well. They also done the same shit. But again, that's that's that, that's a big reason why. Um, The North has also been experiencing a very big mental health crisis. Now, I know the rest of the world kind of is, to be honest with you. But it turns out that suicide rates for the north are higher than the rest of the UK, and are doubled in more deprived areas. It also has the highest use in the UK for antidepressant medications. Establishment academia, including some from my own university who I actually know, they've argued that the primary consequence of this is the legacy of the troubles, but they haven't touched at all upon the economic hardships that have been experienced by the population at all. Which is kind of funny because because if they did mention this and they did mention the fact that nothing has been done to fix deprivation, then they would have to basically admit that that portion of the Good Friday Agreement has been completely irrelevant to anything, if you will. As someone who works within a small community, I mean, myself, I'm a pharmacist by profession. Well, a pharmacist in training by profession. I'm an assistant,
0: which basically means I do everything nobody else wants to do. Um, You said your birth year. I'm like, if you already got a pharmacist job, you're fucking overachieving for your age. No, well, not
1: just yet, but well, I'm planning on being a physician as well, but that's that's a few years from now. Um, Essentially, I see a lot of this on a daily basis and it's that side of it again that people do not see. It's also worth noting that i'm i don't know if you're familiar with austerity the idea of austerity measures oh absolutely i talk about it all the time well yeah yeah austerity has been in the uk since by the tory government since 2010 i would say and it's been and it's, it's also been in effects in the north of ireland and this again has exacerbated this problem forever it's also kind of echoed by the fact that domestic violence apparently in the north as well is worse is actually the worst in Europe. Um, despite being such a small population, we have the most de- well, domestic no. violence cases or deaths by domestic violence, which again, kind of illustrates the, the desperation that a lot of people are experiencing and what it turns a lot of folk into. Because, you know, again, because I'm a pharmacist by profession, mm-hmm. I'm also able to see the deprivation a lot in person. One other aspect of this deprivation is dref- uh, deaths as a consequence of drug abuse. From two thousand ten to two thousand twenty, as a matter of fact, as reported by the BBC, drug-related deaths have accounted for more than double. Well, they've more than doubled since two thousand ten, which, despite being significant, which despite being lower than the averages for the US, because I know the US is undergoing an opioid epidemic and continues to, and nobody's doing anything about it for some reason. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people suffer from opioid addiction here, as and legal highs, as we call it. So, um antihistamines would be quite a big one i don't know if that's a problem over there i don't know if you can antihistamines antihistamines you can get yes high
0: on antihistamines
1: yes but you have to take a very high dose Um, they're no one i was gonna
0: say they're like, no like coal. yeah
1: go ahead yeah they're, they're, well it's not I'll cool because they cause,
0: because they cause very <laughs> horrible hallucinations they're what you call a deliriant. oh yeah i I wouldn't do that but that sounds like i'm a i do marijuana i don't do like a lot of various drugs but i'm i party and i'm around people who party i have never heard of people doing a shit ton of antihistamines
1: yeah uh, but that's the thing you know because i because i'm a legal drug dealer i get to see all this shit and that's the kind of stuff i deal with apart from opioids of course and you get a lot of local addicts it's very common and they're often very much dismissed by the media and by people but they don't seem to realize when I find out where a lot of these people live, I begin to realize why they are the way they are, and it's simply because they have poor social conditions. They have very little support, mental health and, you know, physical health support because the NHS or the HSC, as we call it over here, is collapsing. They have little they have little in the way of any economic help by the state, and they can't get any stable jobs. It's very hard to get a stable job here anymore, that's another big thing. Um, so as a consequence of that, you know, drug addiction has been a bigger problem compared to the rest of the country. But, but the Republic has a problem
0: with drug addiction as well. And because this of that... It sounds yeah. so much like the results of... Uh, like I could, you could draw like the the United States and Puerto Rico. How we get them to like, oh yeah, sign on, be with us, and we will promise all this economic benefit. Yeah, and some people do receive economic benefit, and those people are known as the owning class, the people who move in and can get like essentially use you as either. I don't know if the term client state or colony. What would be most appropriate in this scenario? But even simply, just individual- uh, you know,
1: a climate a, a client state is a better way to put the north of Ireland. The, the the thing is, if you speak to the average English person about the north of Ireland, a they'll either know little about it, or two they'll, they'll not want anything to do with it, uh, or three they don't like Irish people, um, <laughs> or a combination
0: of all of the above. You know, it's very common. We love Irish people over here. Americans love the like. We have a whole fake holiday about pretending. Well, to be Irish. well, you, you just do <laughs> until you
1: say the wrong thing, and then they say "fuck off, party on your bike." um you know it's it's like that you know but it's kind of the same story with the english they don't want anything to do with here but the british government still wants to cling on to the north and a big reason why is because we're an agricultural hub for the uk as well as a developing investment area for the uk if they lost us they'd be very upset in other words a a, kind of a second thing i wanted to touch on was kind of the police and um yeah how they're actually regulated here which which also comes back into another aspect
0: of the Good Friday Agreement. So because your p- police kill fewer people than ours do, but uh, I assume actually, are they just gunning people down in the streets over there? They don't gun people down per se, but they make them disappear. I'll um kind of
1: explain uh kind of what I mean by that. So as part of the Good Friday Agreement, um that so back in 1998, before I was even conceived, um and <laughs> an independent commission on policing was basically established, and this and this was done to. Remove the biases in policing from the RUC, which is what the PSNI used to be called. So the Royal Ulster Constabulary, um, which was the original police force prior to 1998, ter- transformed into what we call the PSNI, which is the Police Service of Northern Ireland. Um, and the idea of this report was to develop more accountability for policing in the nation as part of the quote unquote pre- peace process. However, little was actually stated on the fact that this commission was chaired by a British Conservative politician known as Lord Patton, and this was known as the Pattern Report. That's that that was the name of the commission. The report contained around 175 symbolic and practical suggestions about policing within the country, including renaming the former RUC to the PSNI, as well as the aspects of community policing and normalization of policing, for the purposes of quote unquote restoring the legitimacy and public confidence of within the police force however this was opposite to what the majority of republicans within the country wanted for decades and what the majority of republicans wanted was the disbandment of the ruc because the ruc i mean if you look into its history it was a very abusive police force um they used to throw people out of helicopters kind of similar to um uh the Pink dictator shays dictatorship south ship america i was say it's a south yeah, america oh, it thing. was it was but the british army and the ruc they done that a lot they even collaborated a lot um the ruc was also known to collaborate a lot with unionist paramilitaries who were also funded by the british government mind you they um targeted disproportionately more of the quote-unquote catholic communities as they refer to because this was when the this was when the conflict became more about religion but i'll get into that in this section um you know, essentially, they were a really bad police force. Um, they were, they were, they they couldn't control the country at all. They divided it further. And it was just a big fucking mess, to be honest with you. Um, but in other words, they weren't disbanded. They were just rebranded from one thing to another. <laughs> so in other words, the Panama Report, despite being praised heavily, it was very much heavily supported by the United States and the UK. It was ultimately more than a little co- a different coat of paint for policing within the country. And the truth is, policing has actually changed very little since 1969 in one aspect we can look at discrimination against republican communities and these communities happen to be what we call catholic communities because the british government essentially as part of their intelligence activities within the country see the troubles was never initially about it was never initially about religion a lot of people when you i mean a lot of americans i've noticed when you speak to the tr- yes. them about the troubles, they say Faital. it's catholic protestant no it's not it never was In- initially it was never about that it was about the it was about the liberation of the north from the british state and its inclusion into the irish republic where a lot of republicans wanted to replace the current irish government which was ran by a very conservative party known as faeafall to a more socialist government of some sort or another it was never about religion. The British government, on the other hand, funded unionist Protestant extremists to create more ethnic divisions between the quote-unquote Catholic and Protestant mm-hmm. communities. As a matter of fact, the, the Catholic communities, or the Republican communities, rather, were very welcoming initially of the British army. They, um, they gave them tea, they gave them food when they were going through neighbourhoods. They were actually very welcoming. It was only when they started shooting at their children that they started to um, get annoyed, as it turns out and that's when it kind of changed in a way they weren't you know this whole hostility became a thing because the british the british army interestingly enough they and i believe um i believe caleb maupin spoke about it in one of his books um when he was talking about which book was it it was about bread tube i believe and he was speaking about um how the british government practiced these very same tactics in africa um and it was kind of the same thing ah. He, um, you know, the British government practiced these tactics in Africa, and they implemented them within the North and Ireland, the North of Ireland,
0: and it became. Why is there so much homophobia in Africa?
1: Wonder did they why just
0: spontaneously become homophobic. homophobic after tens of thousands of years of just existing in a certain way, or did a foreign government move in? Like we say the word culture war now, and that just seems like such a tiny term to describe the grandness of like an inter religious conflict but that almost feels like that's kind of like th- those that version of the tactics that are very effective in europe is oh we'll we'll convince them that the catholics want one thing and the protestants want another then they'll never team up and get together against us
1: yeah and that's precisely what happened here which again i feel echoes a lot of the u.s's history but in terms of policing statistics, there is a lot of discrimination against Republican communities. It's very calm within the PSNI, which they've even had to report within their own statistics. 55, about 55, 57,000 Catholics is literally, that's what they stated in the report. By the way, I'm not like saying this, this is what they fucking wrote on paper have been, <laughs> uh, be, uh, were arrested last. Uh, I, I believe this is from 10 years or at least the last year. I can't recall, unfortunately. Um, have been arrested over around 31,000 Protestants. No, this was last year. And the reason why this is quite important, because I know a lot of people who've been arrested under the guise, and this is a literal charge you can be given before you are arrested. It's what you call quote unquote, suspected Republican activity. Whoa. Which, um, which, um, and, and I, and I swear to God, there was a fellow I knew in college who was just right. He, he lives in a very, um, republican estate within a city known as lisburn which is a um in one of the neighboring cities of belfast and essentially he was just going about one day the police stopped in his neighborhood and they got out of their car and they went up to him and they asked him what he was doing essentially he wasn't doing anything he was just walking he was going to town <laughs> i'm just here and uh, and essentially they, they, they after a bit of discussion they weren't convinced of his answer and they fucking arrested him and this was like this was a 16 year old in college mind you i i because I, I i because this i you know <laughs> you know so it, it it wasn't even somebody that was an adult and they fucking arrested them anyway
0: which is kind I'm of waiting funny to get arrested for suspected communist activity because it sounds like the same fucking not that all republicans it's, are it communists kind, it kind like, of is wow. it's a it's very McCarthyous, that's the
1: kind of funny thing yeah. it, it very much is And another thing is that another big feature is that around a fifth of the total population of this country, so that's around 374,000 people, have been subjected to what we call forcible stop and searches. These are very, very common. Uh Stop and frisk. Yeah, stop and frisk. We we (laughs) love love stop and frisk. It's very common over here. Um, and, And this has been done in children as young as 13, of course. It turns out that out of all British state security groups, the PSNI have the third largest stop and search rates, but they have the lowest number of arrests, which actually suggests that its powers are being overused. So despite, you know, so there's a clear disparity here because if they're just stopping and searching people constantly and yet supposedly arrest arresting less, keep in mind, this is likely due to population size as well, though. You know
0: they also have the power to just lie so
1: yeah <laughs> they're like wow getting these figures was not easy i will say that i the, the only i i know i know this is because i know a well, few people
0: i mean about the arrests where if they stop and arrest somebody they could just in america they just make some shit up and arrest you anyways <laughs> and they could very easily be doing the same thing over there so the fact that they aren't making more arrests like wow that, that looks really bad <laughs> The PSNI is also the only police force within the UK
1: that openly display lethal weapons. So I know the US is different because you all love guns, and that's okay. It's just normal. But um, in the in the UK, it's not normal. If you go to England or Scotland or Wales, people don't carry guns usually, or the police anyway. They don't carry guns. They usually carry just a baton, pepper spray, and a taser generally. Uh, the police over here carry fucking assault rifles or um, submachine guns, or if they're being just <laughs> nice they'll carry just a g7 a g19 usually g17 or g19 um and the you know we're the only part of the uk that does that and the only reason why is because they're saying oh well we've had terrorists in this country so that means we're allowed to arm our policemen but not the population because keep in mind i can't own a gun i'm not allowed but the police are if you're so if i went and joined the police i could get anything i wanted basically um and they are also they've they also maintain around a stockpile of fifty thousand plastic bullets. Now I'm not too sure
0: if the US has ever used plastic bullets before. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Our whole Probably last a year of question. Uh, all the Black Lives Matter protests from last year that were like ran for almost an entire year, like during the COVID. I think it was two years ago now. We saw you can see on display all kinds of. Uh, they aren't called non-lethal anymore. That's like a misnomer. They're less lethal. Our, quote, rubber bullets, which are like as big as your fist <laughs> and feel like uh, a fist with a rocket behind it. Yeah, they shoot very, they're, those they're, people. Yeah, they, but they shoot them in the head where you're not supposed to shoot them. Yeah, exactly. exactly. They're supposed to bounce, I've them. been told. <laughs> it happens all the time. Like they, I mean, how many videos of from that whole section of protest? You, you, got to see every. We are allowed to have. It's called an L rad, where it's just a very loud speaker that can rupture your eardrums, and they just blast it at people, like just at a crowd. They just go and just blast it Like I don't think it's ever been deployed, but they set them up like as a threat i don't think it's been used yet but they're like we've seen them we're like oh they set up all the we use water we use water cannons
1: so what we do is we
0: we, we use those a lot we spray everyone we've been fire hosing that's a classic in america that's like some 60s style shit yeah but we we, we, we still use that
1: we're one of the only places in the uk that actually has a working water cannon still it's not really used (laughs) anywhere else it's only used here because we all
0: love a little riot. Apparently um it's interesting because you have the same kind of class-based oppression but it's not racialized it's like i like looking at uh, the uk is interesting because there isn't the working class the underclass of uh the uk and ireland especially because it's almost like irish themselves are just treated as their own like lower class kind of
1: yeah you, we're, we're kind of the serfs of the uk we always were for most of our history even northerners the same tan. structure
0: of power yeah. The same utilization of power; like, it all exists. It doesn't matter that oh, you're all fair skinned. <laughs> do the same shit. The cops show up. They're stopping and frisking people who are like freckled, freaking pale children who look like me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's... it doesn't make the system of oppression any less brutal. The the system of austerity any less despicable. Oh yeah, austerity. That uh, for anybody listening who doesn't—that's when you're sit, you're looking around, going, man what do we do? Take a tiny bit of money from the rich people who own the town or force the poor people to be even poorer. And then you force the poor people to be even poorer. <laughs> it's Accept the lower standard of living to hold them together.
1: It's kind of funny because the national minimum wage only was only increased this year, despite there being a cost of living crisis. And it's not even been increased that much. It, like it's so unbelievably shit. I don't think people realize how bad it is. Um, <laughs> another interesting fact about the psni is they also consist of what we call a tactical support group basically this functions as what some americans would probably describe as a secret police. their their, their um tactics include the surveillance of individual people methods of entry and search and they report all this information to mi5 the british national crime agency and sea free intelligence branch which is based in um the republic of ireland i believe Basically, they act, in other words, as a virtual brand rebranding of what we call the RUC Special Branch, which was kind of the same story. They were a bit of a, an intelligence place within, the North during the time of the during the time of the Troubles, as well as, even during the Irish War of Independence. I would argue. Um are so like FBI or CIA kind of idea. They do, but I suppose the only different. Well, I don't know do the fbi do secretly shit quote unquote basically we,
0: we are the the fbi and fbi and cia because they both they are uh the cia is entirely unaccountable to anyone which is a great little <laughs> the okay. fbi is like slightly accountable but they it, it seems that our our leadership is almost like more freaked out by the fbi than vice versa because they've they can uh, operate in they've been able to operate like they're not elected or anything it's just yeah. it's the american secret police that's that's existed for almost a century at this point and, and yet and yet, and yet americans go on and on about a secret police in any other country and
1: yet it's it the FBI yeah but but basically all the kind of facts and figures i'm kind of discussing they point towards again a very biased policing system which is akin more to a glorified police state than an actual functioning society Brings me on to the last main point, which is to do with the political situation within the North. So, the actual North's government resides in a place called Stormont, and this is under a joint party system of unionist and nationalist parties. The layout of the political system is basically designed to encourage what we call cross community collaboration. And, but, but, basically, in other words, what that means is it allows one major political party of one block, if they're not happy with something that's being given as an arrangement, they can basically veto. The entire fucking assembly until an agreement is actually reached in what they call Mm. a cross-community manner and this is known legally as a petition of concern this is what's happening right now mind you and it's happened fucking constantly the government here has collapsed about six times and the state has been left without a devolved government for more than 10 years combined as a consequence of all these collapses and this has (laughs) led to a significant i mean we're worse than belgium i actually read and this has led to a significant impact on the funding and management of the HSC. So again, the local NHS. And I know that because I've worked in the local HSC on occasion as a student, and I've seen how yeah, you're desperate it all is. An experience. Yeah, um, the maintenance of local infrastructure. So again, that goes back to the issue of deprivation and the development of actual social projects that aid in, in the already spiraling cost of living crisis, which is gripping the UK as a consequence of the money donation war. And the Tory... Um, <laughs> economic mismanagement of the country as a whole
0: hey thanks for doing your part to help to help the empire uh which when i say the empire basically all of nato thank you for your donation and sacrifice to to i don't know what are we trying to do hurt russia and china i guess i guess it's not going <laughs> it's, it's really, not really going working out. So, it's not going so well i know it's, russia's like gdp growth is uh, I, I don't know if it's the right word but like their economic growth is projected to outpace europe's this year china continually like outperforms everybody like yeah we, 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 we look like a bunch of it? fucking dicks to
1: be honest with you in that department <laughs> Yeah. Um but yes, the the present issue within the country because the go- the reason why we don't have a government now again is because it relates to the refusal of some of the unionist parties or some of the nationalist parties even to create a hard border between the Republic of Ireland and the north. And that was a term yeah, that's that was basically
0: out- impossible, right? Like what the f- there what possible solution could exist
1: <laughs> to that situation? There isn't one. The thing is there, there's no reason why there would be a hard border because if there was a hard border within the island of Ireland, it would, it would completely break one of the terms of the Good Friday Agreement. You'd have agreement. to build a
0: wall, and like you just said, part of the terms is that there won't be a hard border. Yeah, <laughs> so persi- You can't just build a big fuck-off
1: wall. But the Unionist politicians oppose the... They've opposed this, um, this refusal to create a hard border on the basis of the fact... On the basis of Brexit, basically due to a creation of a border on the Irish Sea, as they call it, and this is because of a specialist agreement it would maintain the Northern Ireland status as part of what we call the EU common market. So in other words, we're not in the EU, but we are in the EU, <laughs> you
0: know? So it's kind of <laughs> like, we, we're, we we're, we're not there, but we're, we are yeah, there. Ireland is. Yeah. So, the but, like Ireland's just like, Hey, what's up? We're chilling over here with the EU. <laughs> How are you guys doing?
1: We're, we're struggling. Yeah. We're kind of just struggling on in that sense. But in, but in simple terms, the devolved political system has been a complete fucking failure since it started. And it just doesn't work. It's acted as nothing more than a barrier of social progress. I mean, even even things like Irish language legislation has been continuously vetoed by unionist politicians at a constant (laughs) rate. I mean, I swear to God, like most schools in this country do not teach Irish. And that is simply because unionist politicians refuse to make it a law. You know, and because they because they don't agree. Everybody has to agree. This is the problem. Everyone has to agree. And if no, and if one Little group doesn't agree, oops, it's not gonna happen. That was the same story with LGBT rights. It took forever in this country to get even abortion rights or or the ability for gay people to marry for a very long time, and the big reason for that was simply because unionist politicians refused to budge on that issue. But the problem Something is they
0: set up They sound like they set up like a phony baloney government that's designed to not be able to do anything so that the actual owners of your country can continue to extract value in the form of cheaper labor, weird tax haven tech shit, and uh, like your natural resources. It
1: is, and and that's precisely it, you know, but therefore, how can the media and how can these U.S. politicians who are now coming over to lecture us all on how good the Good Friday Agreement was, how can we say that it's been a success (laughs) in developing peace within the nation when it's still as divided as it ever has been combined with the fact that it's more deprived than it's ever been in the 21st century. So in other words, the political state in this in the country is dire and it's a stark reminder of how this essentialization of identity has a profoundly negative effect on the development of the working class as a whole and how it creates divisions which last for decades. I mean this whole Catholic protestant and things still continues to exist even today, and it's done nothing but keep people in the same place, doing nothing, arguing about meaningless nonsense, and it's left a status quo, and it's left a lot of people without any justice, in other words. It's a prime tool, in my opinion, for the ruling class in maintaining the status quo and creating metaphysical fixations, which do not lead to social change, but in other words, social regression. So the lesson of my nation, if I had to give it to any American workers, of course, would be that any attempt to divide the worker on the basis of personal identities should be treated with immediate suspicion as well as criticized ruthlessly and whilst there should always be yes a recognition of clear social biases as I have discussed you know they need to be discussed and criticized for the purposes of an egalitarian pursuit you should not they, they shouldn't take precedence over the elimination of what creates this problem which is the system of capital itself and the system of imperialism within Europe and
0: the us for that matter it's very easy if i like if i go to people who are the kind of people who would be listening to this show americans who consider themselves left and i was to say hey uh the 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 artificial division created between protestants and uh catholics in europe in general but uh, especially in ireland it it's not really a material difference it is a an artificial reason for two groups of working class people to not get to not get together and work together, and these are things that do not affect those people's lives, which would not be me getting into the specific minute differences between Protestantism and uh, Catholicism, especially in the UK where it's Church of England and Catholicism, which are already so fucking similar. All of us would look at it, roll our eyes, be like, "How come they can't just team up and work together?" And then if I swap that out with, for example, LGBTQ issues. I think that that, they'd be like, oh, no, 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 that's that's very, very different. That's a fight that is worth not uniting as a working class. It's worth staying under the fucking jackboot of the fascists. Yeah, no, (laughs) absolutely. Because that guy over there, (laughs) that worker does not agree on every single bullet point that I personally agree on when it comes to uh, LGBTQ rights. And I'm saying this as a queer person. (laughs) Yeah. Guys. This shit, you know, does not affect people's lives. The peop- the actual workers, what, whether or not the gays can get married does not affect the lives of the average worker, which is an argument I've heard since time immemorial as to why we should have increased LGBTQ rights. Mm-hmm. It is also a thing that is thrown at us artificially to keep us from uniting to defeat the actual people who caused our... Pro- like, why, why are LGBTQ rights even an issue in the first place? Because some... Ruler guy Is deciding to keep that a fight Who are we even getting permission from To get married in the first place That whole fucking structure is ridiculous And contemporary issues That's part of why I find it so valuable For you you and other people Who are not Americans Entrenched in the exact same uh, milieu that I am To come on the show and talk Because as an outsider, it's very easy to get people uh in my social circles to agree on this when we're talking about another country's issues. That is essentially the same. It's a, it kind a, a, of, a it kind thing. of is. You know, there's there's a there's a there's a there's a political division or an ethnic
1: division that is exacerbated by a ruling class to distract people from the ability of creating better working conditions for themselves and others. You know, in other words, that that's because that's what happened. This is the lesson of the North of ireland it is it is a story of it is essentially a story of counterinsurgency i think that's a better way to put it you know again the use of counter gangs to create divisions of the people or within the gang is a great yeah within the people too well it is it's counter gangs that's just it It's, it's to create divisions within the people to prevent them
0: from bettering their own conditions and that is why we're in the situation we are in if you look to the past in America, it'd be racism. It'd be like, you can't work with that black person. Black person, you can't work with that white person. There's all these political cartoons from the fucking 20s mm-hmm. that make that exact same point. <laughs> One's drawn by socialists and American communists who the same rich guy turns to one side and says, don't work with him, he's racist. Then he goes to black guy, don't work with him, he's black. <laughs> the same guy tells... <laughs> tells you how to do this because the true enemy you got to be pointing upwards you have to be pointing at the freaking false like paternalistic rulers they're like oh we know what is best for you you <laughs> you kids yeah. keep fighting them over what's better fucking Oh or digimon <laughs> and we'll we'll be over here counting the money
1: yeah and and you know you just you people decide also give us clinton and well the clintons and it's kind of funny as well i forgot to mention that because the clintons are coming over as well as biden the security level of the country has actually been raised because they're coming over nothing like yeah you're really bringing peace here you know you're bringing so much peace that that the, the state has had to raise the fucking security level because
0: beat the hell out
1: of some of you to increase security yeah because nobody fucking wants those two cunts here no
0: sorry three of them keep them we don't want them seriously they sent Kamala Harris down to Africa the other week, and that was really funny. <laughs> like oh my she, god! They don't have any time for her. Like they're like, look, why would, we're why would for, you send uh, someone like Kamala Harris? Because she's like a third black or something, and they're like, look, see, you like her, right? But so she, like, fr- no but, but yeah, but yeah, she likes you until you go to California, then she throws you in a cage. Exactly. Don't smoke weed; she'll have to put you in jail. Don't not pay your kid's lunch money debt, or she might have to put. No, no, no. It was uh, skipping school. There were like ki- uh, we-, we need to lot- arrest the parents of children who aren't going to school. And it's like, yo, maybe if you're in a situation where your kid is not going to school, there's some grander situation it's like you were just describing it's people living in poverty and it's really boring to be like well to fix these particular issues you have to improve society generally yeah because that's not like a fun sexy issue you can just target and be like cool we got rid of haha we took care of the problem you have to raise people's standards of living how do you get rid of the drug issues in well any country really in ireland in the u.s you gotta have people not be as fucking hopeless all the time. How do you have them not even be as hopeless? And it all eventually leads back to my bullshit of like, you know, rearrange the economy so it's owned and operated uh, by the workers for the benefit of the workers. To be very American about this, we need a government that is for, of, and by the people, but literally, not like <laughs> some bullshit we wrote yeah. down and then ignored.
1: <laughs> and and they decide to, you know, smash it all up, of course, but uh, besides the point
0: we are almost out of time but this has been a fantastic conversation and i would very much like to have you on again just keep talking no i know absolutely (laughs) i'm just so fucking
1: tired of americans talking about my own political situation like it's their own i mean i've literally had people i've also there's also something that annoys me a lot i've had a lot of people defend the nature of the good friday agreement by stating that people like myself believe don't believe in the democratic will of my own country which is well one that's completely far from the truth. I have nothing against the democratic will of my own country, what I have against is dividing people on the basis of one who they vote for and two, their ethnic backgrounds, which is exactly what those so-called leftists, who are mostly Yankees, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not sorry to associate you with such people, but that's the kind of people that I often have to listen to. You know, they, they, they make the claim that it's people like myself who don't believe in democratic will, which is, you know, far from the case, I do. I'm just tired of people contributing to the divisions that have led to the same social situations to begin with and the only explanation i can have is that those very same people they don't like working-class people and they never have they're all middle-class trash who claim to give a shit about the the, the welfare of other countries like your typical well-off american to be honest you know they ca- they claim to give a shit about the welfare of other people in other countries but when a com- when push comes to shove they really don't give a crap at all or understand anything you know that's that's the bottom line here and i'm so tired of hearing that kind of crap
0: and i think it's i think it's fair to set them straight <laughs> i continue to watch people in my own country the exact same group of people who and uh I do not believe that this is the any any majority in my country as I said earlier the the biggest group of working class people in America are people who do not vote they are entirely out of the political system because it has shown them uh like and they're correct for thing is that hey I voted for the one option I voted for option 1 my life got worse I voted for option 2 my life got worse there are no additional options I guess I'm out and I'm going to live my life and
1: yeah and that's the kind of the case here now because whether you vote for the republican option or not yes you'll probably get a united country if more people vote for the republican option but you're still gonna live in neoliberal liberal ireland which oh, you know it's not much better it's fucking shit to be honest with you because it's the same kind of story the same kind of story of deprivation i mean the republic of ireland is already undergoing a housing crisis at present as well so again, the problem is neoliberalism. It is the the, the collective issue here uh, that people continue to ignore, you know, and that's kind of the main frustration in that department.
0: My line, uh, until you change the arrangement of ownership, you don't change anything until someone other than the owning class owns everything the best you can possibly get are increased permissions and liberties handed down that's why i said like the word paternalistically before like if daddy yeah. lets you have a later bedtime like have you achieved freedom <laughs> or did you yeah get... <laughs> that's a fair fair analogy i would say <laughs> You must have the power, like, in, until power, and in capitalism, ownership is power. In fact, ownership of capital is power. So until ownership changes, nothing uh, qualitatively changes. You can have quantitative, like, oh, they're like 6% nicer to women. Woo! Well, <laughs> <Like, laughs> that's incredible but you're not going to get any actual change that matters and is lasting until you change the the arrangement of ownership and you're living in a country where even the land itself isn't even owned by by like it's not even your owning class it's like the british owning class that like, it's, it's fucking everyone it's the yanks it's the fucking yeah, it's english us. it's
1: you just you know, it's it's very few people from here. This is the funny thing. Like, even the small, petite, bourgeois businesses are struggling in small towns. That's why they all go out of business. And they, I, or they go on to landlording.
0: Which to be is controversial, I think small business... Well, there's, like, two ways you can go. It, it, when small business... Uh, and Like, uh, allies with large business and, you know, most reactionary elements of your society, you end up with fascism. But yeah. small business owners... Like, if you're... Their their interest, and they don't know it, but their interest is more aligned with ours than the owners at this point, because even the, and they know it, the idea of business is just a fucking joke. Competition is yeah. just a lie. It's, do you have the resources? You win. You didn't already start with the resources? You lose, you eventually. Lose, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It might take you longer to lose, or you get bought up by the big power, but still, I th- I'm hoping <laughs> I'm, I'm an optimistic person that like I'm technically a small business owner. Like I sell my own music. I have a little stock. Ca- I own a little bit of means of production. It's very like personal and small and contained. But having s- small business people who have some kind of actual sway in your town, you it's not even hard to convince them at this point. It's like, hey, isn't it bullshit that like monopolistic entities can just wipe you out at will? I agree so socialism <laughs> yeah but that's just it you know and this is china's got small point. businesses at the ass they have more small businesses than america
1: yeah but but the difference is the the economy is actually planned most of the economy in fact is actually planned which a lot of people have a tendency to ignore and again that's why it's well managed it's kind of i would argue it has some similar features to even Former Yugoslavia, which had kind of a similar planning, it used a market-based system, but it simultaneously used planning-based elements
0: yeah. to control it. And all I think, serious people I know acknowledge that there's going to be some kind of role of like, look at Vietnam—they have like some kind of weird market socialism going on where they never, like, it's not illegal to buy and to sell in Vietnam. They're still socialist. Same thing in China—you yeah. can start a business. At the end of the day, it all depends on the national context,
1: and I think people need to strive away from utopianism and strive more towards looking at the context that people are in within your own country and recognize wow. what can be
0: done to improve those conditions for the better and a lot of it involves uh, temporarily increased emissions and <laughs> like development yeah. fuck we're gonna like do a whole second episode here i gotta do an outro thank you very much for joining us lorkin uh Thank you. We're, I would love to have you back on to talk again. I, it does suck of how big of a time difference we have. Heck, it's probably already... Is it is it already Monday where you live? <laughs> yeah, it's 24 past midnight, so it's all good. Oh, I was trying to get you done before midnight. But hey, again, yeah, I appreciate the conversation. It. Is there anything you would like to plug or find uh, places people can find you if they want to hear more of what you have to say?
1: Um, I suppose
0: my Twitter, if you want to
1: look at what it what it means to have a virtual mental breakdown
0: um you have a lovely Norton, picture of a fox to look at
1: i do but it's not mine it's from pathfinder because i'm in the process of developing a new <laughs> sona which uh, uh has yet to come about because i'm a depressed stress student so it's hard to hard to do shit at present are you um, still gonna be a fox or are you gonna pick a new animal I, I'm, well, my, my, um, my character's a, well, my, I'm myself rather, I'm a, I'm a kitsune, but a kitsune oh. is not like, it's not the same as your traditional kitsune. It's kind of how Pathfinder interprets kitsune. It's basically a fox person who can turn into a attractive human being, which, um. Yeah, traditional. Well, traditional, yeah. <laughs> um, I am, a, I am at Lorcan Volpini. That is where I am at. I had a bit of a laugh there because I was cool. Um, I thought I was being cool. So,
0: yeah. spell that for people. I always I hear these and I'm like, what the hell is say L O R. Oh yes.
1: At uh, L O R K. Sorry K. Fucking hell. I already fucked up. L O R C
0: A N V U L P I N E. I have been Pepper Coyote. This has been. I've been joined by Lorcan today. Uh, we, traditionally, you say bye for a very long time. Ready? Bye. 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 I edit that and there's a song playing